the Bible describes the sexual relationship between a husband and wife as the song of songs. There's no other song quite like it. I always say that what you do above the sheets is what paves the way for your sex life under the sheets. That a woman's skin can be 10 times more sensitive than a man's. Guys, that explains why women tend to be more into foreplay. It just feels better to them. Truth that healthy pleasure does not compete against God. Healthy pleasure moves us toward God. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. This episode is all about married sex. And we had the honor and opportunity to interview Deborah Faleda, who's a, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and Gary Thomas, who um, is a very well-known author of Sacred Marriage. And 19 other books. Yeah. <laughs> but both of them uh, just gave fantastic um, resources and perspectives on married sex in this interview and we're so honored to have them both on you're going to learn both from a spiritual theological perspective as well as a clinical slash practical perspective uh, it, they're just such a fantastic team and we're excited for you to dig in and learn a lot and hopefully apply a lot to your marriage so welcome gary and deborah to the podcast we're so thankful to have you on today welcome thanks for having us pleased to be here Aw, absolutely. And for those who don't know, we actually did interview Gary a few months back. You can find uh, that episode. Uh, it was fabulous. It was all about sacred marriage, which is a book we've been recommending for marriage counseling An for excellent book. a long time. Yes. Yeah. And so when we heard that this book was coming out, uh, we were very excited because yes. we know uh, your emphasis on biblical truth mm-hmm. um, and the, the first book you had is just amazing or yeah. maybe not the first book, but yeah, sacred, sacred marriage. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But this book, I'm so excited to uh, deal with its contents and, and hear your perspectives on sex within marriage. Yes. So we want to start off by asking you a question, Gary. Um, what does the Bible say about sex? So like how should adopting a biblical perspective of sex uh, redefine how we value it in our marriages? Yeah, well, it, it's some astonishing statements that might really startle some people, to be honest. We could take okay. the title alone. While the Bible has a lot of books on a lot of different subjects, the Bible has one book focused on the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. and it's called the Song of Songs. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, Hebrew in the ancient Near East, they had a phraseology where something of something 
elevated what was being talked about. So we've all mm. heard of God as the king of kings. Right. Which means he's not just the most powerful of kings. He's different in kind. He is yep. above all kings. He would be king of all kings. Right. And so here, this is pre-Christ, but in the Old Testament, when it's describing the quintessential human experience, the song that you would sing, it's not the song of Deborah or David or Moses. It's the song of songs of a husband and wife enjoying each other mm. uh, physically. Mm. And, and so the title alone really exalts that. And then when you get into it, what we just were thrilled to find out is the second verse elevates the woman's pleasure. Mm. She says, your love is more delightful than wine. And that word love is dod in Hebrew DOD. It doesn't refer to romantic love. It's not talking about the Hallmark channel there. It's talking about <laughs> the husband's physical caresses and, and, and it's her highest pleasure. And in a world where women had so few pleasures, you know, they didn't have coffee in the morning, dark chocolate in the afternoon, or real housewives of Jerusalem in the evening. <laughs> really, what she had was wine. And she said, it doesn't even compare with the best pleasure. Now, wow. modern wise, with a lot of pleasures, you might say, well, it's not my favorite pleasure. I enjoy a novel or an instrument or teaching a Bible study. And that's fine. The point is that the Bible tells us at the very start, God didn't create sex just for the husband mm -hmm. to meet his needs or to keep him from stumbling. The first person talked about is the wife. Yeah, hmm. that is so awesome. I love that. I haven't, I haven't ever considered that perspective. Right. And I love how you bring out the idea that the song is songs, like the King of Kings, like that. I've never mm -hmm. really thought of that, that yeah. this song is elevated above other songs. Yeah. And when you think, Adam, what it represents... Yeah. It shouldn't surprise us because through the act of sex, you can literally create another human being that shares your DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, Deborah and her husband, John, were just out in California and they just sent me this really cute picture of them as a couple, all happy and on vacation. <laughs> and I still, I just, maybe I'm not supposed to, but I just get sentimental. I see families like that. And it's just mm -hmm. such a holy sacred thing. Yes. But then also we know what it does to our brains, how we bond the oxytocin, the neurochemicals yes. that are released, what it can do for us relationally. Yes. The fact that it tells us we are embodied beings. Mm -hmm. God created us physical in a body with nerve endings. And if we have time later, how each one of our senses are wired to enhance sexual pleasure. And so you, you put all of that together and it really shouldn't surprise anyone that the Bible describes the sexual relationship between a husband and wife as the song of songs. There's no other song quite like it. Oh, mm. so good. It is so good. I love that. And so, Deborah, while you guys were writing this book, you actually got pregnant, right? And it was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? You know, my husband, John, and I um, kind of joke that if Gary never asked me to write this book, we wouldn't, John and I wouldn't have been doing all the research and practice behind the scenes and research. just learning about sex, having conversations about it. And um, we had our surprise little baby boy who was born in January Aww, and he's nine congrats. months old. So it's oh, kind of an extra so cool. bonus. <laughs> but I always tell people, if you're going to read this book, read with caution. Yeah. <laughs> 
you could just get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, so as a couples therapist, Deborah, you've worked with a lot of couples who find themselves really dis- dissatisfied in their marriage, um, but also in their sex life. Talk about which comes first, that whole chicken or egg, um, you know, analogy. Marital dis- dissatisfaction or dissatisfaction with sex. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I found in my work with couples that most commonly the fuel to your sex life is going to come from the health of your relationship, your emotional Mm. connection, your spiritual connection. I always say that what you do above the sheets is what paves the way for your sex life under the sheets. And Mm. every now and again, you do meet a couple who have an amazing relationship, but they're just struggling with their sex life. Maybe it's hormonal or physical, you know, there's a physical problem going on, like erectile dysfunction or hormones, menopause, Mm -hmm. all of those things. But many times when you begin to work on the relationship, it starts to overflow into your sex life. So I always Mm -hmm. think that's a really important place to start. Even when a couple comes in for sex therapy, sex Mm -hmm. counseling specifically, we're always going to do a deep dive and, and assess how the relationship is doing. So once you determine maybe that the relationship is decent, but they still complain about like, "Mm, it doesn't feel like we're maybe meeting our potential within our sex life. Like, where do you go from there? You know, it's interesting that we spend so much time before marriage talking about what not to do. Right. Especially with regards to the subject of sex. Don't have sex. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, save sex for marriage. But there's really very little conversation about it after marriage, the joys, the pleasures, the how to's like, Mm -hmm. what are you even supposed to do? Yeah. The practical side of it. (laughs) Yeah. I I worked with a couple who literally had been married for about a year and, and they were just kind of rubbing up against each other, not realizing that you can use your hands, you can use different body parts. Like Mm. why? Because mm. nobody ever told them, nobody ever yeah. explained it. They never read a yeah. book about it. There was yeah. a lack of education and understanding. I find that some people don't even understand the the, the proper workings of their own anatomy. Many women yeah. have never actually uh, taken a handheld mirror and looked at their anatomy. So they right. don't even know how to yep. explain it to their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of it comes down to understanding and education, understanding how I work and what I need emotionally and physically, but also understanding my spouse and how they work and what they need. And so in the book, we kind of guide you through a lot of different conversations to to start to have with your spouse, a lot of different questions to ask of yourself and of your spouse so that you can begin pursuing the answers that are going to help you have a better sex life. Yeah. Yeah, it's well formatted. I like how you guys include those questions and self-assessment. Gary, talk to us a little bit more about what you cover in this. And I like how you guys call it a handbook for married sex. What are some more things that you guys cover? Well, because of our different skill sets, Deborah, as a licensed counselor, I'm as a pastor, spiritual writer, we really wanted to present a book that Christian couples could look at that deals with the theological, because sometimes people have been misinformed. They think God at best tolerates their sexual relationship Mm. rather than celebrates it. So we go really heavily through scriptures 
celebration of sexuality. But then also Deborah brings in the psychological because sometimes it's not a theological background that holds you back. It could be past abuse. It could be Mm -hmm. hurts. It could be a lot of things that need psychological issues. So there's a chapter going backwards to go forward or Mm. above the sheets instead of under the sheets. And she has a great section that, that goes through kind of refer to an earlier question. You know, it's a relational problem if, or a sexual problem, if helping couples deal with that. Nice. Very, very practical. And I was very mm-hmm. grateful that Deborah wrote this chapter. Your body is a wonderland where she <laughs> go through the anatomy the and, anatomy. and it seems basic, but she's yeah. met a lot of couples where they just didn't know the husband yes. didn't know. And the wife didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because it's a, a, a man and a woman writing together, I've got a chapter, what gets him going to try to help mm-hmm. wives understand. And again, it's not absolute. Uh, their question, their questions more than their answers. This is how most men tend to be, but check with your husband to see. Deborah says, I love their chapter. She goes, I did you guys quite a favor. I've talked to wives. Here's what gets them going. Nice. And then what gets you going? Uh, so you you take charge of your own sexual pleasure. That's not selfish. We explain why that's so essential. And then just some of the fun chapters we talk about in Getty sex, which is really sex as an oasis. Mm-hmm. Life is difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it just is. Whether yeah. it's, it's young kids, whether somebody gets sick, whether there's things like COVID or whatnot. Yep. And, and an oasis is those places where you still have to go through the desert but you get rejuvenated. And so we look at how sex is an oasis from past hurt, present Mm -hmm. struggles, future hopes and dreams. Um, And then go through the five senses where it gets real practical on that. Um, So we're really trying to deal with theological, psychological, and and practical. One of Deborah's greatest ideas, I thought, was we put together a private Facebook group. Mm, we nice. didn't want to share. Deborah and John didn't want to share a lot about what happens in their bedroom. Lisa and I didn't want to share a lot about ours. So we've got a lot of anonymous couples that have just shared with us so that not you're not just getting the teaching. Mm-hmm. Here's some very creative ideas that couples came up with. And you can see through them, oh, well, yeah, we wouldn't like that. But that actually is a really great idea. Maybe we could try that. Excellent. That and the reason so why I think that's important, too, is, you know, my husband and I aren't the template of what a healthy sex life looks like. And Gary and his wife aren't the template. Mm. When, when you're just bringing your experience, you, right. you don't, you're just getting such a narrow view. Mm-hmm. Um, sex in marriage looks different for each two unique yes. set of people for each, right. for each couple, it looks different. And so I thought yeah. that bringing in different couples, opinions and ideas and feelings and beliefs and you know, experiences was just such a, a fun, enlightening, um, big, big picture view of sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I, and, I do need to say it's what makes it so explicit in some regards. We are, <laughs> sure. we are saying we think this is for married couples or almost married couples mm-hmm. because the stories are, I mean, we're, we're talking about sex. Couples are explaining what works for them. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not it's very specific. It's specific, not pornographic. Yeah, that's thank right. You. Thank that's you. right. Yeah, which is essential, especially for that psychoed piece. Um, you know, you talked about the chapter on your body as a wonderland and how some people just don't know their anatomy. We right. recently did a um, workshop called Momfidence, and it was all about gaining right. sexual security after babies. These were women who had babies already, or or were about to have babies, and 
the amount of information that they said they learned about their anatomy in this workshop. Wow. That was just one portion of it. We were just shocked. We were like, yeah. they, I mean, they they had sex quite successfully. If you if you think about success in terms of, you know, getting pregnant, if that was the intent for a lot of these women. But a lot of them didn't even know about certain body parts and pleasure. And so, mm. yeah, this this is needed. That piece that's on helpful to hear. That's fascinating. I mean, that's what we believe, but then to hear that affirmed that people really yeah. are missing so much in this conversation. I think yes. that's really encouraging. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are missing a lot. I actually had a, a client um, that told me that they had recently converted to Christianity and they said they both had a great sex life before. And they came to me because they were having difficulties in their in their relationship. Um, but sex for them turned it to like they saw Christian sex as being something that's you know not very it's not good it's kind of evil. Mm. And so what they resorted to is you know only one way of doing sex mm. and lights off, no music, nothing. Yeah. So they went from this vibrant sex life to this. Kind of a cold, dark, <laughs> colorless thing. And so I think people listening to this conversation, hopefully it opens their eyes and after they read the book yes. to say, hey, this is not something that we just do because we got to like fix our sinful desires, mm. but it, it is yeah. actually an oasis. It's actually something that we can go to to find this beauty that God's created for us there. Right. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And and I think it reiterates the truth that healthy pleasure does not compete against God. Healthy Mm -hmm. pleasure moves us toward God because he's the one that created it. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we have this false idea that somehow all of this pleasure is going to be set up as an idol or I'm going to love this more than I love God. But when it's healthy and good and and it comes from him, Mm-hmm. the gratitude we have for it moves us toward him, you know? Yes. And I think that's the beautiful thing about, you know, a vibrant, um, healthy sex life. We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Song of Songs 5.1 emphasizes that. It's literally the picture of God looking at a couple making love. Now, just so people know, Mm -hmm. we go through Song of Songs. There are four headings, lover, beloved, God, and friends. Those aren't in the Hebrew. Those are all added by translators. Some people debate what Song of Songs 5.1 is. I go with the NIV, which says it's God looking at a couple. And the word is, eat your fellow lovers, be drunk with love. 
<laughs> some translations have a problem thinking that God is looking at a couple making love. I think it's better that God is than their friends. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> has a good point. And it's God saying, feast on your desire for each other. Be intoxicated with your passion to please each other and to be, pe- be pleased by each other. So Christian sex, even though it's in the Old Testament, it's, it's faith believing sex mm-hmm. is, is a sex that embraces a God who says, not only do you just nibble, I want mm-hmm. you to feast. And once yeah. I want you to be drunk with your desire for yes. each other, I know what I created. I designed your bodies to work this way. Mm-hmm. And I want you to taste fully all that I've done. Think of God as this great chef who's created a huge buffet. What makes him happy? People taking one piece of lettuce and saying, well, that has too many calories, or I'm not sure if I like that. Or does the chef get excited when everybody is filling up their plates, getting mm. seconds, yep. oh, making those, oh, this is so good. This is so great. I, I, I think we honor God as the supreme chef when we feast at the banquet of marital sexual pleasure. Ooh, that yes. is so good. Oh. And, and how beautiful that, we can go into the world that is filled with sexual immorality yes. are already sexually full. Yes. Yep. I mean, how, how, how much could problems could be solved just yeah. if we're getting our fill inside of marriage mm-hmm. rather than being empty going into the world. Yeah. Yeah. You said earlier, Gary, about, you know, En Gedi sex, that sex is an oasis. Talk just a little bit about the significance of En Gedi in, um, in Israel. Well, it's, it's an oasis by the, the Dead Sea. And mm-hmm. it's really what made living in the desert possible. You still got to go through the desert, but those little oases, you know, you see them in movies and everything. It's where you get refreshed, renewed and strengthened. You're still going to have to go back to raising your kids, paying the mortgage, doing your jobs. But that little rest stop keeps you going. Mm-hmm. And then there's a beautiful story there about a couple where the guy's dream was to work for the railroad his grandfather had. It's really what he wanted to do. And they were traveling around the country. They set up interviews all over the country. Mm-hmm. And he went into one and it, it was so bad that they didn't even pretend that they were interested. And so he feels just like an utter failure. And he comes into the hotel room. His wife takes one look at his face. She knows how it went. He's crestfallen. And it's such a beautiful picture because she just takes him and she grabs his face and she kisses him. And she says, you're more than enough. It's mm. their loss. You're, you're such a good man that you'd have yeah. been so good. They end up having sex. And mm. the, the fun part of the ending is that's when they conceive their first child. Aww. But it, but it's this thing where she couldn't give her husband the job, but she could say as a wife, you're my man, mm. you're the one. Uh, and, and we have stories where husbands do that for wives when they're just yes. so discouraged. And one woman says, I always have to be in control mm. uh, w- with my kids at my job. She's executive level, whatnot. But boy, when I get in the bedroom with my husband, yep. he goes, and he's taking care of me mm-hmm. and I can relinquish control. Not always, you know, but, but sure. sometimes mm-hmm. for her, that it's surrender. an oasis. Yeah. She doesn't have to be in charge. And so rest. Yes. It's just, it's just God's gift and design mm. that sex can take us out of the normal routine, give us an oasis of refreshment 
So we wake up the next day as another cute couple where the wife would laugh because morning is one of their favorite times and they work together. And they had a great time one morning. She said her husband in his 40s was literally skipping down the hall as he went into work. <laughs> they still had a long day of work ahead. They're small business owners. But it's just those fun stories. That's that it's fantastic. Not just, it's not just about what happens in the bedroom. That's it's right. What it does for the relationship outside of the bedroom and mm -hmm. for the individuals as they go through the rest of the day. Oh, That's so good. Beautiful. And what a gift that that God gave us that enables us to have the levity to be able to skip down mm -hmm. the hallway. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Um, just Deborah, what is the hallmark of a healthy sex life you know, from a clinical perspective? Yeah. You know, I, I think first of all, I'll say mutuality and respect for one another. And, mm -hmm. you know, all throughout the book, you'll find us saying that when you become a better person, it makes you a better lover. Mm -hmm. And as you grow in your character and integrity and loyalty and commitment and faith, those are the type of things that begin to overflow into your relationship. And now you have a relationship where your primary pleasure isn't just your own. It's somebody else's, you know, that selflessness that comes there. And I think yeah. where we find the most damage is when it's not reciprocal and, and it mm. leads one way or the other, it's about one person or the other, not, not saying that there aren't times for that in marriage. You know, there's definitely times for that in marriage where you're allowing the experience just to be about one person. And I think that's actually a good, healthy practice to kind of take turns doing that. But at the end of the day, I think a mutual experience where both of you have the opportunity to give and receive mm -hmm. is really um, the foundation of a healthy sex life. Yeah, that's really good. That's good. Um, what would you guys say? Just, I mean, having written such a fantastic guide, what, what are your hopes for couples who are reading this book? They pick it up. They say, I want to grab that. What's your hope that they will accomplish or learn? And either of you can answer that. I'll, ahead, I'll ask you, Gary. Sorry, I didn't direct that question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think one, we would like to help younger couples learn to enjoy the journey. Uh, I think what we found, this isn't universal. Nothing we say is universal, but it's very common, especially with younger husbands. The focus is on what happens with penetration and mm -hmm. the climax. It's like, and, and we want to say, you know what, the journey there can be so sweet. An actual orgasm for a guy is about five to six seconds. For a woman, yeah. it can be about 10. Now, those are very wonderful moments. But if you can just learn to enjoy each other and all that it represents, the connection, um, the affirmation of each other, cherishing each other, celebrating each other. So we, we kind of want them to, to just look at it as appreciate it. And then as couples get a little bit older, we talked with one couple where they used to have long sensuous sex and then they had four kids. Mm -hmm. And she said, to be honest, quickies became our norm because I'm being pawed all day by the kids. And she mm -hmm. goes, if I can get a physical release without having to go through all that, it was great. Mm -hmm. But they noticed something that quickies are like fast food. Uh -huh. You're not hungry, but you're not nurtured and healthy. 
And, and sometimes you got to have fast food because you just don't want to be hungry. But if you're only eating fast food, you're not feeding the relationship. And so they really had to remember, okay, how do we slow down? How do we put the five senses into play? And talk then, about the five senses too, if you will. Sorry okay. for interrupting, but I want to hear that for sure. Yeah. It, it was a, it, it was a fun chapter. Again, we keep going back to the Song of Songs, but the Song of Songs showcases every one of the five senses celebrating the erotic potential. And so what we just say for couples in a long-term monogamous marriage that you can have an entirely different experience by emphasizing sight or sound or mm -hmm. smell or taste or touch. A lot of times we just kind of get into this rut and, and sex just happens. But we talk about, for instance, I mean, there's neuroscience behind listening to music and what it yes. does, it, it awakens your brain. Mm -hmm. um, older listeners might remember those old style computers where you could literally see the how much of the board is being used on the front. And, and yeah. our brains are a little bit like that. The more senses you bring into play, the more that your brain feels alive mm -hmm. and the more intense the experience can mm -hmm. be. And then yeah. learning things like touch. We tell guys that a woman's skin can be 10 times more sensitive than a man's. Wow. Guys, that explains why women tend to be more into foreplay. It just mm -hmm. feels better to them. It also mm. explains the very common thing, not universal, but common, that wives feel like husbands might be a little too forceful in their touch. Husbands might feel like the wife is a little too light in her touch. Mm. But it's just, it's the way we we process things. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the way that you can, the importance of sight. There's a, I just think a real sweet section in our private Facebook group some wives said they were just, they were led to tears in a good way, hearing their husbands celebrate the beauty of their wives, mm. how much it meant to see that their husbands could just um, see them. But see, this That's is why neat. I liked writing the book with a counselor, because then Deborah comes in with a wonderful section saying, now wives, this may be what guys like, but I'm aware of body shame and body issues. Yes. Here's how you address that. And so there's just mm. a lot of blind spots I would have had that a woman and a counselor coming along. Um, it, it was just a really fun experience mm -hmm. where I, I, I just think you've got that one, two going. Yes. I yeah. just don't know that there's another book out there. So like there's not, there's not. The team approach was fantastic. Yeah. Deborah, what would you, um, you kind of threw that ball at you and I was hoping you'd pick that, <laughs> that one up just about um, body image, body image mm -hmm. right? Like what was, how do women overcome that? Because he's right, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of men, sight is so important. But the woman, I think, holds herself to an extremely high standard that mm -hmm. I don't know if totally. know, she doesn't want to go there. So right. yeah. how would you yeah. help women there? We'll be right back to the interview, but I wanted to share with you a word about my favorite maternity and postpartum brand, Kindred Bravely. And husbands, if you need a gift idea, so I am definitely not, or I'm working on becoming a better gift giver. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm always on the lookout for something to give Krista. Yes. And so actually this, it doesn't matter if your uh, wife is pregnant or not. Um, the pajamas from Kindred Bravely, the Clea Bamboo long sleeve pajamas have been so amazing. My favorite pajamas ever by far. Yeah. And actually this morning, Adam was like, those are so soft. I was like, Maybe not like that, but yeah, close. To that. 
<laughs> I just love them. Um, so you can actually get uh, any products from Kindred Bravely, including um, pregnant and nursing friendly products that you've heard me talk about over the last couple of weeks on the episodes as well. Um, but go to kindredbravely.com and you can use the code DYMC to get 20% off. And that's all in the show notes as well. Go and do it, husbands. You know, we live in a society that makes it really difficult to believe and feel good things about yourself. It just, it's part of the, the, the things that we're up against. I mean, when you look on social media and you see people with their picture, perfect lives and bodies that are filtered and Photoshopped and cropped and trimmed. And it's like, you, you feel like you can't measure up. So you've got that going, you've got your own personal insecurities, maybe things you've heard or felt in your experiences in life, things people have said to you. And then you have the reality of an aging body, you know, four kids later, I can say my body looks very different today than it did 15 years ago. That's just part of life. Mm -hmm. Add to that. We've got the negative influences of porn and the porn culture that kind of sets these unrealistic, unhealthy standards Mm -hmm. that women tend to measure themselves by, you know, and you're measuring yourself up to things that aren't realistic or healthy or good. Mm -hmm. And so when you take all of that combined, it is so normal and common for us to struggle with our body, with what we believe about our bodies. And I think so much of it really starts with what we allow ourselves to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a counselor, I know that thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to behaviors. Yeah. So when I'm feeling ashamed or insecure, and then that leads me to behave in a certain way where I'm not feeling, I'm not acting confident and maybe not wanting to, to, to show my body. What is that really rooted in? It's usually rooted in an underlying unhealthy thought. That's right. A thought about myself. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Something that someone has told me or something I've believed along the way that isn't God's truth about who I am. It yeah. isn't God's truth even about what my husband thinks of who I am. And so I think there's a really important place for us to kind of sit with our thoughts and, and, and take ownership of how much our beliefs and our thoughts are impacting what we feel about ourselves. Sometimes we even need a, a social media detox just to kind of clear the air, <laughs> yep. take down that measuring stick. That's not even true and start to see ourselves as the women that God made us to be. One yes. thing that Gary mentioned that was really affirming in the book, the, the, the section that's what gets him going, you know, Gary talked to all of these men. And I think it was so affirming for so many women in the group, including myself to see these men who love and adore their wives and are saying, we don't even, we don't want you to look like a supermodel. We love you for who you are. And these men who just talked about their wives' bodies, no matter what shape or size or how many kids they've had or what, whatever their figure was, they looked at their wives as the most beautiful, wonderful things on earth. And I think that can really happen. I I think we can get to a place, even as men, when you block out the junk, you know, when you talk about pornography, lust, when you block out the junk and focus on your wife, Mm -hmm. she becomes your standard of beauty. She becomes the most beautiful thing to you. And for a woman, that is just such a a, a wonderful, uh, encouraging thing to Mm -hmm. hear. And so I think it kind of goes two ways of 
blocking out the negative thoughts, but also what does that look like for my spouse in my marriage? How, how does what we have here become the measuring stick of our life? Mm. And I think there's a lot of hope there. (sighs) For sure. I remember asking women, like, when will you allow your husband's words to actually affect you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there, I've seen a lot of women just shut down and, and even though he's just giving all these words of affirmation, she just immediately shuts it down. Like, no, that can't be true. That can't be true. That can't be true. Cause she has a competing thought. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how does the woman start to allow his words to nurture her soul? I think when, when you're coming up against that block, it's clearly not what your spouse is saying or not saying, mm-hmm. you know? It's what is that block? Where did that start for me? Why is that there? First, you know, I don't want to go all counseling on you, but go for, for it, Deborah. Women, it's deep roots. <laughs> yes. For a lot of women, the roots run deep in experiences from childhood, family yeah. of origin, past relationships where people have said things to you, spoken things into your life mm-hmm. that created a seed, that created roots, that created fruit that's not healthy or true about who you are mm-hmm. and going down deep to deal with some of that stuff, whether it's past body image issues, whether Mm -hmm. it's abuse, whether it's trauma, Mm -hmm. whether it's bullying, whether it's an eating disorder. I mean, there's so many things in our past that we kind of assume are just going to heal on their own without realizing that many times we have to go backwards Mm -hmm. and deal with that stuff in a healthy way. Counseling, you guys are advocates for counseling, Mm -hmm. counseling and, and understanding those roots beginning to move them, remove them from the roots so that we can start planting healthier things. Yes. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into some of the details like body image or the oasis um, or the five senses. I love hearing some of the details that are in the book. So folks, um, if you want to get this book, we are going to link it in the show notes. Um, But can you guys share with us uh, where people can connect with you online and um, start with you, Deborah? Tell us your Instagram website and then we'll ask you as well, Gary. Yeah. Well, first of all, the book website is marriedsex.us. But then my personal website is truelovedates.com. It's a website full of relationship advice for every age and stage. Um, Gary and I also just did a a podcast series all about sex, which is available there for anyone who's interested. And then you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Deborah Faleda. Okay. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes too. How about for you, Gary? Uh, my name is my address, GaryThomas.com. Um, okay. I have a blog that's relationally focused called Closer to Others and a blog that's centered on growing in Christ called Closer to Christ. Um, all of the links to social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are on that page. So if you remember my name, Gary Thomas, put a com, dot com on the end and mm-hmm. uh, we'll take you right there. Awesome. Mm. Okay. Good stuff. So before we close out the episode, we're going to ask you both the question that we ask each of our interviewees, and that is rewind back to the first couple years of your marriage. Uh, How long have you been married, Deborah? Almost 15 years. 15 years. So rewinding back to year one and two, um, think back to the advice you wish you would have received. Regarding sex. Yeah, regarding sex. Let's make it specific. (laughs) And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Dear young married couple, this is just the beginning and it only gets better from here. Mm. Lovely. Which is hard to believe 
at those first couple years, huh? It really is. Those first couple of weeks, especially. I'm like, what is going like, on here? It has to go downhill after this. <laughs> because people, people kind of psych you up to believe that the best is on your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Like the best, is, this is it, your honeymoon. And, and when you get there and it's not what you expect, right. it's like, wait, if this is the best, then we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of a lot of people do come to us with that, like, oh my goodness, like we couldn't even have our, intercourse. Our, our honeymoon right. was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we right. hear that quite so a bit. I just, would, I just want to remind young married couples, like not only does sex get better, but so does marriage. Like yes. you're in training, you know, and the mm-hmm. more you know, the better you're going to do. So this is only the beginning. So good. So good. Gary, how long have you been married? Longer than you guys have been alive. <laughs> 37 years. Oh, uh, yes. You beat us by a few years. Just a couple. <laughs> I mean, your marriage beat our life by a few years. <laughs> so share with us your dear young married couple advice. Yeah, I would say slow down, lose the anxiety and enjoy the moment. Uh, there's a Proverbs five talking to the husband, but it's relevant for both. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth, uh, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. Mm-hmm. And it's not just breasts elsewhere in the Bible. It talks about a guy being captivated by his wife's hair or your eyes overwhelm me. The mm-hmm. notion is be carried away by your young love and your young beauty. When you don't have kids and you can enjoy it, you can take half a day if you want you can enjoy bodies that are probably at their their healthiest don't just rush off someday we're gonna have kids or we're gonna have less debt or a bigger house or more important jobs i would say slow down lose the anxiety enjoy your youth and 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 let sex be that oasis as you grow through life together so good don't you wish you had your book at the first couple of years (laughs) I do. Well, I told you I wish I'd had sacred marriage and then I wish I would have had married sex. Yes. So there you go. There you go. All right, so folks. Good. So grab a copy. We'll link it in the show notes. Invest in your marriage and yes. read it together. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes, read it together. Sure. Ask each other questions. Mm-hmm. Allow this to be the gateway to good conversations and yeah. connection about sex. Well said. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate what you're doing and your passion for helping couples become intimately connected. And all the effort put into writing a great book. We know this is going to make a big difference for a long time. So thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. This was a really fun conversation. Delightful couple to be with for this time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.